Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where every other week or so we travel around the world to our favourite places and taste the local wine. Yes, that's right. We are doing another regional wine comparison, this time with a red varietal known as Pinot Noir. Should know this. Everyone's heard of Pinot Noir. Well, I believe they have. It is very popular. Not as popular as Cab Sav, but that depends what country you're in. That's true. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Pinot Noir. I mean, that's that's one of the one of the big uh, great varietals in Australia, behind Shiraz and Chardonnay. Yes, it, it's one of the big one of the noble by, by the big, noble reds. That's yes, the word and by big we about. mean popular rather than big as in big flavor, bold flavor. It's not nearly as bold as a Shiraz or a Malbec. No, this is not a blockbuster red. <laughs> Yeah, it goes big and then dies out quickly. No. Um, <laughs> too soon? No, no, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be fruity, like lots of berries, lots of... Uh, it, it's a wine that changes a lot based on the climate and the earth, the terroir. Yeah, which is one of the reasons it's perfect for this, because... Just like last time we did a wine region comparisons, we are looking at France, America, and Australia. Hmm. And this time, however, we've tightened the field even more. So these are all from the same year, 2018. And where that should be interesting is that it means that they're aged the same. Yep. But as anyone who pays a little bit of attention to wines knows there are some years that are a good year and some years that are a bad year and some years that are well they were a year weren't they yeah and 2017 was one of those years it was it was a very good year apparently Mm, but that often depends what country you're in that is true that is true well i didn't see find any uh pinot noirs from 2017 so we got an 18 and 18 was, at least in Australia, a good year for red wine. Yeah. Not as good as 17, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and we, we don't know how 17 or 18 were for wine in anywhere else, really, because there's such a variety of mm. good Australian wines that these regional comparisons are great for us to see the differences because it's a lot cheaper for us to drink local because of the way taxation on alcohol works in Australia. Yeah, and technically, this is getting us out of our comfort zone too, because these are like completely unknown wines. We, well, I, me specifically, I don't know what the uh, wine from France is going to taste like. I don't really know what a wine from California is going to taste like compared to Australia. And now I will crack the Californian ones. Yes, we are doing our best to have them age for similar periods of time. Well, age. We're doing our best to have them breathe for similar periods of... Sorry. 
we're doing our best to have them breathe for similar periods of time because thanks to our episode where we did the decanter thanks to a thanks to our episode <laughs> now i'm just being deliberate yeah thanks to our decanter or not episode we realized how important breathing is to the flavor profile of a wine yeah and it makes an immense difference and so the last time that we did one of these they had all breathed for well, luckily that one you just poured is darker. Is it? <laughs> they all look the same. No, it's, it's darker. <laughs> no. Slightly darker. Uh, no. It, well, I mean, it's a different colour red. That's more of a yellow red. That's more of a purple red. Californian one's more of a purple. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't mix them up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very... The, the field is tight. Yeah. The, uh, the comparisons must be scientifically precise. Yes, so we are <laughs> this time attempting to be more precise without being pedantic. Yeah, and I'm just making a lot of noise. Sorry. So, yes. our first one that we're comparing, after all that faff, is the... Well, the first one we're tasting is the French. Do you want to read that out? Yep, so this is the... Vin de Beaujolais, Beaujolais Pinot Noir, Parfum de Vinesse. Yes, your French is much better than mine. And it says on the bottle here, and I have no idea what any of this means, uh, Elevé et mis en bouteille par François Metanon. Right. Go, I'm go, guessing that that's the guy who made it or something. Go, go, Google Translate. But on the back of the bottle, there is the sort of faff we expect to find, and I'm hoping that it also gives us a flavour profile. So, it, it says, it Specialist of Burgundy wine, the Maison Francois Martineau has been the worthy heir of its renowned founder, Lucien Gustave Martineau, since the... Oh, and they've gone ahead and written it in Roman numerals. <laughs> Xixth century. X, the 19th century. All right, so we'll do that again. Yeah, exactly. It's nineteenth. Mm. Yes, since the nineteenth century, the Beaujolais Pinot Noir has purple shades. Year after year, it becomes from ruby to orange red. At the nose, red fruit flavors, cherry, blackberry, raspberry, black currant, are combined with spicy notes. On the palate, tempered tannins express themselves, and a nice suppleness persists. Ideal with roasted poultry and beef. I'm actually really excited. That sounds very good. It tells you the region on the back of the bottle too, doesn't it? It does. Because, you know, French is not just one region. Can you... Sorry, you're touching the mic. Yes, it does. And it is uh, tiny. Teeny tiny. Need a magnifying glass. I can see it. (laughs) Because they get in the way of me seeing things that are small. So from the, I'm just going to spell this because I will pronounce it dreadfully. B-E-A-U-N-E. I don't know if that's Bune or Bione or, but that's the region it's from. B-E-A-U-N-E. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, Bune. It's uh, southeast of Paris. 
by a good uh, quarter of a country. Yeah, so probably a few hundred meters. <laughs> oh, look, it's probably a couple of hundred kilometers. Let's be reasonable. France is not that tiny. You can fit a couple of them in Western Australia at least. Well, that's true, but it's not that big either. You can drive across the entire country in a couple of hours. Exactly. That's a couple of hundred kilometers. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm keen to taste this. Yes, well, let's begin but- by smelling... Indeed. Because does it smell like what they said it would? Mm. That smells fantastic. It smells... I mean, it smells like a red. Yeah. Um, But it smells... Yeah, like cherries, like red berries. Yeah, very fruity. I'm getting a lot of really clear cherry notes. Mm. Like, as a fan of cherry-ripe chocolate... I am finding the smell very reminiscent of that. Now, I don't know if that's a thing that exists in other countries. It is made by Cadbury. <laughs> yeah, which... they have Cadbury in other countries, don't they? Well, they do, but do they have cherry rife? Maybe, probably. I think the chocolate's different. Mm. The Australian chocolate is different to US chocolate. Yes, it is, because a lot of a lot of sweet things, there, a lot of candies, mm. they're not made with sugar. They're made with... Oh, corn syrup. Corn syrup. Yeah. So they taste different. And often, like if you compare an Australian chocolate to... And we're digressing slightly, yes. but if you compare an Australian chocolate to an American chocolate, the US chocolate tends to be sweeter. So that comes down to a different style, which is part of the reason why we want to compare the same grape. Because we're, we're curious on style as well as, you know, the climate and earth. Yeah, exactly. And every different country, every different winemaker has their own style. Yeah. And this style is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. So far, just off the smell. <laughs> so let's let's taste. I, I can't I can't wait anymore. Alright. Cheers. Cheers. Huh. That is super mild compared to the smell. But you do but- have those subtle cherry more grape comes out. Yeah, I'm I'm finding it's a lot more spicy than it smelled. Yeah. I didn't expect to get nearly so much spice out of it. Yeah, and on the back there's uh Oh, what did it say? It was yeah, black currant. So, palate tempered tannins express themselves and nice suppleness persists. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um Oh, am I pouring it? Mm. I thought I'd crack it in case we got delayed, but... Oh, wow, that's purple. (laughs) You've been pouring more every time. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That one's higher than that one. That one's higher than that one. We're going uh, shortest and tallest, right? (laughs) I think I've poured myself a little bit less. Oh, well, sorry. Okay. Hilarious. Okay, but yeah, so... Bite me. <laughs> so, remarkably, it tastes a lot like what it says on the box. Yeah. And, like, super mild. It's not, it doesn't have that really strong, whiny flavour like you sort of half expect from a darker red or even from a Cab Sav. Yeah, there's 
actually a lot about this that's reminiscent of chocolate. The smell was reminiscent of a cherry chocolate. Whereas the flavor itself actually reminds me a little bit of a fruity chocolate. But I'm getting sort of, just on having not had any for a little while, almost an aftertaste of macerated cherries. Yeah. Those um, black currants are really strong on the the middle of the palate too. Look at us being wine snobs. (laughs) It's, It's pretty damn good. Would I buy it again? Yeah. I would I would definitely get this one again. Yeah, I'm quite surprised because it is very different to what I've come to expect from Pinot Noir. Yeah? Well, I guess we, we can speak more to that when we make our way to the Australian. Very true. But for now, it's probably time to smell... <laughs> this is going to come out sounding really weird. It's probably time to smell the American. <laughs> So, palate cleanser of soda water, and now we should be smelling the number two, number two, the number two wine today being Murphy Good California Pinot Noir, finest brand wines raised and made in California. Shall I read the back? Yes, go ahead. Though Pinot Noir is unfailingly charismatic in its glass, it can be a finicky devil out in the vi- in the vineyard, only revealing its nuanced texture and brilliant flavours in very specific growing areas. We select fruit from these perfect pockets where the Pinot develops vibrant fruit character, bright acidity, and that plush, earthy underbelly that makes this wine so alluring and appealing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's less of that uh, fluff as on the uh, French one, so Hmm. perhaps they don't take themselves quite so seriously. It is also less descriptive. Yes, but, well... But it it does talk about being earthy, though, which is something that the French bottle doesn't mention at all. Yeah, it does have tasting notes, which I neglected to mention. Uh, The tasting notes are raspberry cherry tea leaves. Mm. But I'm I'm expecting vibrant fruit character, bright acidity, and plush earthy underbelly, like the guy mentioned. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, some of that <clears throat> is just stock expectation for Pinot Noir. Yeah. Some of that berry flavor, you just expect that from a Pinot in general. Yeah, they and, they're usually heavy in the the raspberry and black currant. Yes, but yeah. the the earthiness, I didn't really pick up. A loss of earthiness from the French at all. I didn't pick any up. No. No. So I'm curious to see just how earthy this is. Yeah. Let's find out. What does it smell like? Ooh, it's more pungent, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, certainly is. Very different. It smells more tannic. There's more more tannins, more uh more current, like mm. raspberry black currant. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not smelling the cherry at all, really, in this. Not yet. Just the, the expected fruit smells. The yeah. expected scents. Maybe a tiny bit earthy? but well, A little. But perhaps we're just looking for it because that's what 
was said there. Yes, and we must try not to buy into that because oftentimes you'll read things like that and then you'll go, oh, well, that's exactly what it tastes like because it's what you expected it to taste like. Yeah. And then other times they say something and you and you think, really? Like how? How, how <laughs> could that be? Where did apricots come from? <laughs> yes, like, I'll admit there was a time that and this is a wine story. It's not a Pinot okay. Noir story, but it is a wine story. Right. A time that some friends of mine had something labeled Shiraz. Yeah. And they said that I should try this Shiraz. It was very nice. And I tried it and I said, well, you're right. This is very nice, but there is no universe in which that's a Shiraz. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted nothing like a Shiraz. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was a blend that may have had Shiraz in it. That could, could be. But it was just labeled Shiraz. Mm. And it's it's that sort of thing, I guess, where something can be labelled something, but it's very much not necessarily that. Yeah. Well, on that note... It, it was in a box. Box wine. Well, you, you get what you pay yeah, for. Yeah, it was a Chateau de Cardboard, but it was labelled Shiraz. <laughs> I'm surprised it was even labelled. Usually they just say dry red. Yeah, yeah, this one said Shiraz. Yeah. Hmm, there you go. All right, on this one. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Wow. That's initially lighter than I expected it to be. And then it touches the back of your tongue, mm. the mid and back, and there's a whole lot of different flavors. It's It's far less fruity than the French wine. Yeah. And dare I say it, at the fear of angering a nation of of people, it's more complex. Yeah. I, I feel as though there's there's more going on with this one. Like the all of the flavors kind of hit you at the same time in uh I, I guess if you were to to use a, a musical comparison, the French wine is like an orchestra and you're hearing all the instruments at once. And this is more like a composition where there's one and then it stops as another comes in and then it stops as another comes in. So, But not... No, well, I, I can see... Oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I... I don't think it's any worse or any better i think it's just different yes i i agree i'm I'm not saying it's worse or better just different it it does it does things a bit differently yeah which is you know what we expected yeah what we were hoping for very much what we were hoping for yeah um i i'm still blown away by such a completely different flavor it could be a completely different wine for all like if we were blindfolded yeah, for all intents and purposes, if this were a blind taste test, we would have a lot of difficulty saying that both of these were Pinot Noir. Mm. I mean, especially considering that they're both quite different Yeah, to my memory of Australian Pinot Noir but again, we should leave that comparison until we've tried the Australian Pinot Noir. Yeah. Um, as it's been in the glass a little bit longer, 
I, I sort of swirled a little bit around my mouth and it's, yeah, there's more, uh, there's more mineral minerality to, to the flavor with this one. I don't really taste any cherries, but I do pick like raspberries, currants and earthiness. Yeah. It doesn't have, doesn't really have the spice of the first one, but I am getting more tannins. Yeah. Which we expected from the smell. Yeah. And the the guys do say uh, raspberry cherry tea leaves on the tasting notes. And I'm not, yeah, not picking the cherries, but definitely the raspberries and the tea leaves. Yeah. After that, I'm really curious to break into the third and final glass. Well, let's do it. And then we can move back across and compare all three. The first two are so uniquely different from each other. Like they've got the similarities, but the differences. And I'm. Well, I'm curious to see if the Australian wine is just as different. Yeah. Because Me it, too. It has been a while since I had a Pinot Noir. Today's the day. Yeah. Shall we? Palette cleanser. Oh, of course. Thank you for reminding me. So let's smell the Australian Pinot Noir. The, I just want to say before we even taste it, it's uh, darker and um, more purple than the other ones. Yeah, the other two were very uh, light and almost a blood red. Yeah, or towards the orange end of the scale. Versus this one, which is very cold red. Yes. Very purpley red. Uh, burgundy, yeah. one might say. One might indeed. Ah, oh, that what smells the... different again. Yeah. <laughs> and remarkably sweet. Yeah. But th- this this is what I expected from a Pinot Noir. Mm. Not what we tasted on the other two. So before we go on, we haven't read the bottle True. We've not actually talked about this at all, I realise. No. We... So, this is the Devil's Corner Resolution Pinot Noir from Tasmania. Mm. Cold climate. Mm, cold climate. And it says on the back, oh, there's a lot of faff on the back. <laughs> it says, Intrepid sailors are integral to Tasmania's history. Their bravery and commitment is celebrated by Devil's Corner Resolution Pinot Noir. Their resolve can be likened to our winemaker's determination to craft extraordinary Pinot Noir from our cool climate East Coast vineyard that is directly exposed to the same dramatic maritime weather of Great Oyster Bay. This intriguing Pinot Noir displays vibrant spicy berry and cherry aromas, savoury flavours, and a velvety, mellow, balanced, and lingering palate. Generous, ripe berry fruit makes it great enjoyed young, but age will fully develop its enormous potential. Mmm. It definitely takes itself a little more seriously than the, the Murphy, I think, but perhaps not quite as seriously as the French one. Yeah. But that could also come down to, again, style. Yeah, the style, the the winemaker, what they think of it. Yeah. But suffice to say, though, the smell 
is compared to the other two yeah so different so unique super fruity yeah yeah which i must admit it seems to be pretty typical for australian wines from what i've heard australian wines being very fruity like fruit forward yes that does tend to be the case fruitier than counterparts from other countries though you know you look at say a Chianti, which is uniquely Italian. Mm. And they're quite fruity as well. True. But you don't generally make that in Australia. Well, no. Yeah. All right. Enough discussing. I want to taste this. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, wow. This, yeah, very, very fruity, mild on the front of the tongue. Uh, right in the middle of your tongue, though, is where everything seems to sit. Mm, it's a, a little tannic. Yeah, more so than the, the French one, but yeah. probably less so than the American one. Yes, definitely. And the the mouthfeel is quite different. Mm. It almost isn't there. You just feel it on the middle of your tongue. Yeah. Like the rest of them sort of have that, at least to some extent, tongue wrapping experience. Yeah, yeah. but but... I mean, it's not bad. It oh, means no. it means there's no bitterness to this one at all. I like it. Yeah. Or actually, I think this might be more tannic than the than the Californian wine, than the Murphy's Murphy. I feel like it sits sort of differently. Like it's it's confusing because it the tannins somehow hit a different part of the tongue. Yeah. It's it's quite odd. It's quite odd. So we're supposed to be getting uh spicy berry and cherry aromas. Tick. Savory flavors and a velvety mellow balance and lingering palate. Yeah. yeah. Half tick. If you squint real hard, you get the savoury. <laughs> I'm not really getting a lot of savoury out of it. Well, it, it's not sweet. It smells sweeter than it tastes. Yes, that is true. Uh, but definitely a lingering palate. I'm still tasting it and I've been mm. not drinking it for a, a good 30 oh, definitely. seconds to a minute. And it's it's fruity. Yeah. And it's not an overly sweet fruitiness, but it's not an overly savoury fruitiness either. It's not like a fruit mince pie or something. No. I don't know if this is my favourite. It's what I expected of a Pinot Noir, but I don't think it's the nicest. Mm, Well, I think we probably need to try this again and then work our way back through... Like a, a direct comparison? And try them all again. Direct comparison, yes. Yeah. Without palate cleansers, what do you reckon? Because then we have our, our the, the drinks we drink we taste next is influenced by the drink we had before. That is true. Directly compared. Yeah. So it's smooth, a little bit bitter. Yeah, the bitterness is starting to come out now. No, the the flavors do seem very well balanced. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm starting to taste more of the tannins. So perhaps that's something that uh, sits there 
after you've had a couple of sips as opposed to something that's immediately apparent. Or potentially that extra time in the glass has led to a change in flavour profile, which we knew would come. Yeah. I mean, between our first sip and last sip, though, or first sip and latest sip, it's not a terribly long time. No, but by the time we get back to it... Yeah. It it may well be, and it may have smoothed. We We might find that the first glass is smoother now... Yeah. Let's find out. Uh, the second glass. Second glass. The so, Murphy Good Californian Pinot Noir. Back to the second, yes. Huh. So a back-to-back comparison puts that drink as more fruity and less bitter. Yeah. And surprisingly, I'm actually picking up a little more spice. Yeah. Drinking the Californian after the Australian. Well, drinking the Californian after the Tasmanian. Yeah. Than I was drinking it after the French. But that makes perfect sense because that wine is very spicy. Yeah. Like the French wine is very spicy. And comparatively, there's no spice in the Californian at all. No, but that would mean that, that there's even less in the Australian. Exactly. Exactly. Because comparatively, it seems like there's a lot of spice in the Californian. Well, I wouldn't have said a lot, but definitely it's apparent. Yes. Yeah. All right, one more sip. And then back to the French one. Yeah. I think the... Well, without having tasting the French one again, that one's currently my favourite. The Californian or the French? The French. The French. Yep. Because um, it's it's light, it's refreshing, uh, it's interesting, um, and it's not terribly tannic like the other two. Mm. But I'm not a huge fan of tan- tannin-heavy reds. Yeah, whereas I like bold tannic reds like Shiraz and Malbec. Yeah. Which are you know, two of my favourites to mention because I really like Shiraz and Malbec. But then I also you know, like Pinot Noir and Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. We can appreciate them all. Oh, definitely. I'm I'm not saying that the that the other two are bad. It's just say I'm just saying that they're le- for me they're less preferred than Yes, l- less suited to your choice. To my taste buds. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So now the direct comparison between the Californian and the French. Hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, the the acidity comes very forward on that, along with the uh, currant and raspberry flavors, black currant and raspberry flavors. Yeah. And somehow I'm not picking up nearly... Oh, no, there it is. Initially, I was I was about to say not picking up nearly as much spice, but then it kind of... Yeah, that, that's where it lingers. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I still like it. <laughs> yeah, like when you think all the flavor is gone, creeping out of the darkness is the spice with the baseball bat. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not that bad at all. But it's a fantastic imagery. 
I guess. Oh, I would have said, like, you wave the drink goodbye and then you look down and there's a note of spice left over. They, they've forgotten about. Well, yeah, it's less entertaining though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you and your baseball bats. Well, I think the logical step from here, so we've got a direct comparison of each with each, yep. is to then follow tasting the French with tasting the Australian. Yes. Because we have not directly compared the two. No. I mean, we should also compare them in the opposite direction too, because they will all taste differently. But yes. we probably don't have time for that one today. So let's just cycle back to the Australian, so we've at least got a direct comparison between each and each. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, that's fruity. Yeah, that is really fruity. Compared to that French wine, the yeah. Australian wine is so fruity. That is not a subtle drink. <laughs> like, when we first tried the French wine, we were like, oh, yes, there's these subtle flavours of blackcurrant and cherry. And-, and everything's like nuanced and complex. And then we get to the Australian one and it's like, bam, here's some fruit. Here's a punch to the face with a bag of fruit. Yeah, it- it's it's very much a case of with with the French. It seemed fruity when it was the first one we were having. We're like, oh, yes, yeah. there's these nuanced black currant and cherry and yeah, and yeah. The the Australian is suddenly so fruity, yeah, compared to that. And that's not a bad thing if you want a really fruity wine. It's very bold, yes. And for a wine that's not supposed to be bold, for Pinot Noir, which is not considered bold, and compared, I guess, to the Australian versions of bold reds, it's not yeah. bold. C- correct. But you compare it to a, a subtle, to the non-bold French versions, and it's like night and day. It's two different wines, totally. Yeah, and it, it certainly suggests that at least this Australian winemaker, if not the Australian wine industry in general, likes bold flavours in reds. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that because we also have bold white wines too. Mm. And yeah, I suppose Australia's not really known for its nuance. No, well we we are a country of extremes, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. We are indeed. We do have more things that will kill you than any other country in the world. We all know this. Yes. Just don't try and find us on a map. You know, that that's an extreme in and of itself. Yeah. And, you know, don't get me started on drop bears. Or coil snakes. Mm. So, the, I suppose, final thoughts on, on the three? Well, they're all so uniquely different. Yeah. I, I could find myself picking any one of them just based on mood. Yeah. And they're, they're such a different style that it's so... Like, I don't think I can pick one... Is it very hard to pick one better than the others? Like as a with an, as an objective uh, judgment on these three, it's very hard to pick any being better than the rest. Yeah, I, I feel like we did in in our careful selection of these three wines we'd never had before because we did very carefully select three 
in an attempt to make sure that they were all sort of on par with each other. Yeah. And I feel that we've succeeded in that. They are very much on par for very different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all the same level of good, just really different. Yeah. And so if you like, I guess the the takeaway from this is if you're drinking a Pinot Noir, if you're going to get a bottle of Pinot Noir and you want something that's bold and has big, full flavors, find something from Australia. If or, you want- or even from California. Because that, that's, that's pretty bold as well. Not quite as much as the Australian one, but still. It's far much, far bolder than the French version. Mm. Well, I'd have said if you want something that's more on the sweet side... And a little bit earthy. Yeah. Yeah. Go something from California. Yeah. Because... I suppose because it is. Yeah. And, and then if you're after subtlety and nuance... Well, who wouldn't look to the French for that? <laughs> yeah. They've done a very good... They've done a very good job. It's like they've had a lot of practice. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> admittedly, almost every French wine I've had has been subtle and nuanced. It's what you come to expect from French wines in general. Yeah. And I suppose we've all we've all been expecting the these sort of flavors from an Australian wine. Yeah, and and actually we would because we drink a lot of Australian wines. Yeah. But as soon so it's as we wine. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as we compared it to the others, we're like, "Oh my god. It is yeah. so different." Yeah. I like it. This was, this was fun. Yeah, and I, I feel because they're, they're all on par, I'm just going to give a blanket eight bottle caps across the across the board. Yeah, they did nothing stood out as better than the rest. They're all pretty good, I suppose. I can't really pick mm. any. Because they're all wines we've never had before. Yeah. And they're not, they are none of them mind-blowing you know, like some sparkling whites that we've had, yeah. For example, we're just oh my god, that's amazing. We've occasionally hit wines that were like that, and these are just really good. Yeah, but not but, excellent. Yeah, so all of them, I would happily give them an eight. Well, I'm assuming you'd give them an eight and a half. You know me well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eight and a half to all of these. Um, I would definitely get buy all of these again. Hundred percent. I'd probably buy a. I'd probably go and buy all of these again, and just put them in my, uh, my wine rack. And yeah. Hold on to them for a few few years. Well, and if you had all three, apart from that, all three of these will grow and change and mature. All three of them could sit for a couple more years, even if you didn't have a good seller. Yeah. There's the. Because there's so much variation, even if all you had in your wine rack was these three bottles and you got some form of cheese, you'd go, right, now which of these do I pair with this? Yeah. Because you've actually got that choice that something is going to pair better because of that variation in flavor. That's it. Um, I haven't got anything else. Yeah, no, that's... That's it from me. So it's time for the plugs. Yeah. So if you liked what you heard, 
Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are A Good Drop All About Alcohol on your favourite podcast app, including Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apples, Googles, and many more. And we are also A Good Drop Podcast on the Zooks, Facebook and Instagram. Hmm. And if you want to check out our giant library of previous episodes, jump on our website, agooddrop.com.au, or if you've got any comments, questions, uh, feedback, suggestions for future episodes, or if you think we should try Pinot Noir from your country, let us know. Send us an email to agooddrop at gmail.com. Yes, so be sure to tune in next time when we go to Italy again. It's been a while. It has been, actually. And we'll talk about Aperol. Hmm. We've noticed that it's become pretty popular, so we thought we'd uh, give it a go. Yeah, let us tell you more about the drink you're starting to love. Until then, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.